Welcome into Baltimore Sports today for Wednesday, August 16th, 2017. It's episode 414. I'm Zach Will from BaltimoreSportsReport.com, and I am joined for what seems like <laughs> the first time in an eternity by my good pal, Jabby Burns. And we should have just recorded our whole pre-show, Jab, because we yeah, had so much good. catching up to do. How are you? I'm doing great, Zach. As you know, in the bullpen, we, 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 we definitely... We were in the bullpen about as long as the Oriole pitchers were in the bullpen, <laughs> the, you know, of late, the way they're kind of going at I mean, not Kevin Gossman, of course, because last time you and I spoke, Kevin Gossman could have been in AAA, as far as we know, and now he's Clayton Kershaw from <laughs> yes. the right side in the American League. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I listen, uh, to all the people out there, first of all, we thank you that you're listening and you actually care that we've been gone for a bit. Uh, vacations, Zach's job is unbelievably just on fire, moving, all the stuff that's going on, but um, we're back, and... and we're back in, in an interesting way, Zach, because out of nowhere, this Oriole team has somehow, Zach, navigated themselves to, you know, whether what happens, you know, we're, we're recording tonight on Tuesday, of course, but this team could be 500 at some point. And with what has happened throughout the year, all the shenanigans, we're going to get into the trade deadline stuff, we're going to get into a lot of things, but Zach, it has been a full-blown roller coaster ride this year i would say yeah it has we're halfway through august and we're sitting here and uh you know full disclosure recording on tuesday night uh, a little west Coast baseball alert. going on yes. so they're in the process of playing your guy jonathan scope just said his 26th home run of the season jabby burns are you how Can are you I- celebrating tonight well, as well, you can hear how I'm celebrating usually. Um, but here's the thing to bird's eye view. First of all, we're even. Second of all, this piney that should have been for you uh, that I brought back from the great state of California, I think in March. And, and that beer might be terrible at this point. Either way, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm not going to enjoy it tonight, but I will enjoy it at some point. And what you should do, bird's eye view, is understand when I told some people, I think three years ago at a golf tournament where I might have been overserved, I said <laughs> Jonathan Scope might be a better ball player than Manny Machado. And Ooh. people were doing a lot of like knee slapping. There was people like trying to punch me out of nowhere. I mean, it was out of nowhere. And I'm not saying he's going to be because it's still crazy. But to understand the ex- how this guy has gone from basically an unknown in a way to a lot of people to most people to me even to where he's at now hitting third in the lineup that has scored the most runs since the all-star break um i I couldn't be happier for a guy and and listen i I have nothing to do with it i I couldn't be happy for a guy like jonathan scope and your boy manny will get back to the what you said in in your article maybe feels like three months ago Hmm. he will he will be the back of his baseball card by the end of the season so both of those players are fantastic i just hope they're both orioles going forward yeah me too i i um yeah my so we need to outside of baseball uh catch catch the uh the one of nines up on on what's going on i brought john c rob up because he's he's your guy so uh Mm -hmm. i moved uh not very far right down the road um, still down here in, in Central But you're not Florida. in Davenport, correct? What's I am still new? in Davenport. My okay, zip good. code is exactly the same as it was good. before. Literally, I, I think it's 3.4 miles from one place to the other. Um, I am recording this podcast with you uh, in an office that I, I can barely, uh, I can't walk through, honestly. <laughs> I had to clear boxes out of the way. Um, 
I don't have all of my podcast gear set nope. up, so my mic probably sounds a little bit different. Apologies, but really wanted to, to talk with you to, to do a show. Um, yeah. A lot of fun stuff going on at work as well. Mm. Uh, some, some cool projects that I'm working on, uh, sometimes at all hours of the night, which is kind of uh, conflicted with our schedules. And you, uh, I mean, uh, are you finally home? Are you done from vacation now, Jeff? Because you, were, you have been ev- anywhere and everywhere. And that doesn't mean that you haven't been flexible with your schedule, because you absolutely have. But you've been on the road for, for how many days? Well, first of all, I appreciate you still following me on social networking because I get out of control sometimes on vacations. <laughs> so I, I actually, my last post I think on the gram was a picture in front of citizens bank. Cause we're doing this family uh, hit every ballpark. Um, and it just happened to be this way. We were in Delaware. Then we drove up to Philly. We sat 10 rows off during um, the alumni weekend this past Saturday for the Phillies and Mets. First of all, the most underrated ballpark that I've been to so far. I, I, I've been I to Philly, but it's Citizens always Park. a blackout. Yep. It's always been a blackout because I've gone with my buddies. So I don't, <laughs> I didn't really like enjoy the part of it. That's why I love going with the family and everything because I can't blackout. Um, it, it's, it's, Zach, first of all, let's just start with this. Philly, first of all, is a fantastic town. I've always loved Philly in general. It's easy for some reason to get into Philly and get out of Philly. And I know that sounds Isn't weird to people, but amazing. Like that drive, it's a long, it's a, you know, it's a de- it's a decent drive, but it's re- it is easy. I mean, getting in and out of there, parking. They've got all the the two stadiums, the arena. I mean, there's parking everywhere. It's it's yeah. amazing. It's awesome. you don't feel like you're you're gonna get you know you know you're gonna get a sh- you know a shiv in your corner you like in your side or anything like that when you're there. There's enough lighting and everything. It's blown up or, like a Christmas tree. Or you're tree. not like you're not like uh, I'm pretty sure this is a spot that I won't get tilted <laughs> yes, from. Yes, the game's a, only gonna a be good three point. hours, so yeah. that should be fine. That should, that should be no. It is like there's no doubt you you're Dude. in a good spot in that. The no, area. it's a great spot. It's right off of 95. It couldn't be easy your broad street get off on, i'll just tell you this go 95 pay the enormous toll in delaware then get right off on broad street and you couldn't be easier it, it is the best facility in my opinion so far for driving into and if you were a rube and didn't know where you were going or if you weren't taking a, a car service or whatever um it's the most perfect place to go and listen i didn't go to a game and listen the phillies are what like 40 and 80 or whatever they are <laughs> So it was a Saturday night, but still the Mets. So there's a bunch of Mets fan there and it was a Hall of Fame game. So there was actually a lot. I mean, it was a pretty packed house on a Saturday. 18 bucks to park, which is fine. I mean, if you're going to be that close, parked right next to the uh, where the uh, Sixers play at the Wells Fargo Center. Walked right across the street, took a bunch of hack pictures. And that ballpark, I'll tell you two things I love about Zach. I love the opening when you're walking around the ballpark and you can still see inside. I told you that I love yep. that about yep. San Francisco. Open That's so open concourse. I hate that about Camden. That's the one thing I don't like about Camden Yards. But it, was it was built, built like right before they started. Right doing before, because everywhere. everybody's doing that now. Yep. And the second thing I like is honestly, this is going to sound crazy. The seats, the way that they they kind of rise like from the top up. It's not as many, it's not as like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's more of just kind of like, it's just slowly rising up and there's so many, there's not as many decks. I like the fact that there's basically two decks for not only families, but just people in general to go to the game where you're, you're wherever you're at, you're not feeling like you're way super like baseball or football type. Um, high in the stadium that mm-hmm. i love that food i have to say well i'm a cheesecake guy, cheesesteak guy it's fine there the foods it's fine you, you go some places and, and there's some good things there's there's some normal things don't they have um, shake shack there 
they don't have Shake Shack. They have Chicky and Pete's that everybody keeps talking about. Yeah, that's up at City. Okay. But Chicky and Pete's, by the way, couldn't be more overrated. First of all, it's, they try to do cheesesteaks. They shouldn't. They should stick to whatever Chicky is and whoever Pete is. They should stick <laughs> to those two things. So people in Philly can, you know, scream at me. I, I wasn't that impressed with that. But the other things that you have there, I mean, the, I'll say this. Philly fans are crazy, they're obnoxious, but guess what? They care. And those Philly fans are out there in droves for a team that's about, I mean, we talk about the Orioles sometimes, Zach, about how we don't fill the ballpark even when we're in a pennant race. Those Philly fans are out there. I don't care that Mike Schmidt was there. I don't care John Cruck was there. I don't care they were giving Dutch Dalton this huge ovation, which he deserved because he's beloved there in Philly. That place was jammed. And the big thing for my kid, because our boy Hun Su Kim was traded, hmm. the one night we went to, Jackson wore his hat that he got from Hun Su Kim, well-legendary thing on this show. Kim didn't play because Steven Matt started. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it continues. It continues. It continues. So anyway, long story short, I'm going to give uh, Citizens Bank a most underrated ballpark. Uh, I'm going to give them that theme, and then I'm also going to say they're moving right up up into the really on the cusp of my top five i really enjoyed my all right so i know you've been to a lot of ballparks so give me your top five Mm -hmm. what's your top five well i'm gonna say camden's one for i mean we're talking just see here's my deal when you're looking at just baseball camden yards is the best venue to watch a baseball game if you're going to watch a baseball game there's not a better place to go than camden yards especially when it's full especially just just the vibe everything going on around it but i told you for scenery so it'll be camden yards and and, and pack bell those two are one net one and one pac because bell both teams are good being, um you're talking at&t park okay. yeah at old school pack bell I, I just love the so you have those two Petco has moved up to three. I, I'm telling you, Zach, I, I know that I used to club it because I hate the Padres because they're just so <laughs> terrible. I have yet to see more than five innings. I've probably been to Petco, I don't know, five it's, times maybe. It's and, a and it's seriously, It is a carnival, Zach. There is draft, draft beers coming out of my ears. I sent you a picture of there's tri-tip, there's food, the kids are slamming homers in the left field. It is a full, and Tony Gwynn is my guy, so it's like, I could just do a tour of that place over and over. I love that ballpark. I'm telling you, Petco is a place that you need to definitely go to. You have to get there. Um, four on my list would be uh, PNC. I think it's an, another underrated place. I really, really enjoyed my time at, at Pittsburgh. I, I mean, maybe the town sucks, but I don't care. The ballpark is fantastic. It's really, really underrated. And I'm just going to throw this one in there just because it was a great experience. Wrigley's five. And I'm telling you, Citizens Bank is moving up the ladder. And you know who's really low on the ladder? Nats Park. I agree. I agree. And I actually saw uh, my, my guy Grant Paulson on Facebook do a uh, top five of, of his stadiums. Oh, I'd and, like to know. He's a big baseball guy. And GP. Let me see if I can find it. GP, is. Uh, he's been to a ton of baseball. Um, yeah. But he clubs Nats Park. Yeah, he, he didn't And he's Park not a big dusty. Very not a controversial. Big Dusty Baker guy either. Yeah, he's definitely not a big Dusty. Guy. He uh, and he, you know, didn't put didn't put Nats Park up there and and was getting some heat because obviously he, he he's an Orioles show in uh, DC. Yeah, but, but he's was a like nope, Orioles fan. Nope. Oh yeah, he is he's a big Orioles fan. Uh, okay, here we go. So his top five is Camden Yards, uh, PNC, AT and T. Wrigley and Kauffman Stadium. I really want to make it to Kauffman I, Stadium. I do. I do, too. I, I've heard it's fantastic. I, we're definitely kind of angling to do that at some point. This this year, we were actually going to try to head to Texas and hit kind of the, you know, the Houston, the you know Arlington bit. But I think next year might be City and Yankee Stadium. 
City's awesome, I gotta say. You, you'll Let's really like City. For all the reasons you like, uh, you like Citizens Bank, you'll, you'll like City. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great place. Yankee Stadium, to me, and, and I know that people you know, might think that I don't like the Yankees, and I don't, but it just uh, it, it feels like a museum in there to me. There's not, you know, there's, uh, there's, it doesn't have the history that the old place had, uh, but they tried to you know, make it look like the old place, but with newer uh, accommodations, and I, I don't know. I, I get the same kind of vibe that I get at Nats Park, where you're like, I don't really know what the identity of this place is. You know, it's just kind of a stadium, you know. Uh, so I, w- I wasn't real impressed with Yankee Stadium. But go. I mean, you, you got to go. Yeah, got to go. We went to old Yankee Stadium, and that was a dump, uh, I would imagine. It was right across the street. We saw it being built uh, when we were at Yankee Stadium. But it's fine. The one stadium that I don't want to go to but I have to go to, and I'm not even sure I will actually – urinate in their bathrooms is Wrigley. I mean, I'm sorry, as uh, Fenway. Fenway. I just, yeah. it just, I, there's nothing about it, and it has nothing to do with the Red Sox. I feel like it could be one of the most overrated. I, I, I'm not looking forward to having to step in those hallowed grounds for some reason. GP said that too. You'll notice Fenway wasn't in his top five, and he said it's just not good enough to crack his top five, which I thought it's was... It's not great. It's really not. They're good at baseball, but just the stadium needs to kind of be redone. I mean, there's plenty of places that... You'll get a ticket on like you know SeatGig, StubHub, wherever you get it, and you're going to be behind a pole. And there's not much you can do because you paid 150 bucks to sit behind the terrible pole. Right. And listen, if you want to go do that, and that's fine, it's fine. The one that also Midwest that I would like to go to, I want to go to Progressive or Indians or whatever the Indians Park is. That's one for some reason. I don't need to go to Cleveland for any reason, but that's going to be one of those where we're in the Midwest somehow, and we just end up going to a Cleveland game. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, you know what else is fun? Tim Beckham. Yeah, he's I mean, he's been fun. pretty fun so far since uh, last time we talked when I was drinking 394s in San Diego. By the way, great beer. I don't know what you guys are doing not drinking that. Uh, Ale Smith Ale. So, Tim Beckham, okay, so the trade deadline, remember when I told you we were going to trade uh, Zach Britton at about like 85, 90% of the chance <laughs> and that we were going to do all these deals and everything? Well, I, I got, listen, you know that I don't just make this stuff up. I get the information, I put it out there. That's what I do. I, I get it. If it's if it's something that I believe is going to happen, I'm not the only person that thought that. I'll tell you this: Zach Britton was on his phone. I know that in the um, you know in the locker room for the Orioles during that time as well, thinking he was going to go somewhere. So he and most of everybody else out there thought he was going to move. It didn't happen. But the Orioles went out and, and they acquired some guys. They did, and uh, and I think what I'm curious to ask you is. What your impression has been specifically of uh, Orioles general manager Dan Duquette at the trade deadline? Because um, you, you've you've often been a a critic of Dan Duquette. I think that's that's fair to say. It's very nice way to put. Uh, very I, nice to I say. I think it is um, that we've we've heard your your criticism over the years of Dan Duquette, and I think that in my opinion, the two moves that were made. Uh, have not only you know made the Orioles a better team, a team that's a wild card contender here in in uh, you know halfway through August, uh, but has really re-energized the rest of the club. I, I think we've seen it, you know, have have this kind of trickle down effect uh, throughout the rest of the roster. And I wonder if trading Zach Britton uh, would have you know deflated this team, and and it might have been a team. Look, the Orioles, in my mind, still might be a team that ends up on the outside uh, of, of a playoff picture. I, I don't think that's a, that's unrealistic at all. And currently, 
as we're recording, they're a game below 500, but they're playing much better after the trade deadline uh, than they were, you know, leading up to it. But it just feels like that uh, that that they have a new energy with them, and and that has more to do with uh, Tim Beckham and, and Jeremy Hillickson than um, you know it would have if they dealt Zach Britton for some pieces to build around. No, and, and I'm with you now. I mean, I I completely agree with you. I, I my the the crow is in the side of my mouth as we're speaking, but I'll say this: you don't miss Tobias Myers. You don't miss that to that minor leaguer Tobias Myers for Tim Beckham. So Tim Beckham, first of all, uh, let's let's start. Let's go all the way back real quick to the Kim trade. First of all, for Hellickson, it was couldn't be more out of the blue. And as you are always the best at this, letting it settle real quick before the first tweet comes out. And, and I'm the opposite. So you and I, which is great on this show, is I'm the first guy to say what. the? Are they doing, plus the emotion of Kim being moved, just being thrown in this deal, a left-hander that, uh, that Dan drafted to hopefully be, you know, at some point, some type of piece. And I hate when we trade pitching in general because of all the things, and I know that the Parker Bidwells and all the things that are going on with the Orioles organization, the Josh Haters. Listen, you have all those things. But he went out and made a deal for Hellickson. Hellickson, in my opinion, has been pretty damn good for the Orioles. Now, the Orioles' standards for starting pitching isn't high, but even right. if he was with somebody else, he's been good. I-, I watched him against the Angels, you know, except for that last inning where he went too long, but it's just part of the game. He he, he was good. He's good. He's got. I've always liked Hellboy when he was even with Tampa. I enjoyed it. I, I had no problem for the deal. I'm all for guys that have experience in the AL East. That's what you've always said. And so that one didn't really bother me outside of the Kim being moved. And Kim's not even playing against lefties anyway. So it's basically in the same spot. He's at a better town. Here's the deal. The the Beckham one is a full-blown steal. And, and here's why. First of all, Beckham needed to get out of Tampa Bay for some reason. I don't know what the deal is down there, but he was the one. I think it was the fourth pick overall. Zach, I, I'm not positive. But I know he was in the top five. I, know he, I don't know if he was 1-1, but I know he was very highly. Um, looking you know, it up now drafted i know that he's had dalliances in the outfield i know he's had some issues supposedly with some teammates here and there rubbing the wrong way i think he's just super competitive and if you're going to come to any locker room to have adam and now manny and now john with a little bit more of a a voice in the locker room it's a pretty good locker room to get into plus the lineup i mean no matter where he's hit so far he's hit and now a little bit, if you think about it, moving him to the leadoff spot, Zach, I think completely changes this lineup. Adam's been raking since he's been hitting fourth. John's very comfortable in the three slot. And obviously Manny is getting back to what Manny Machado that we thought we have. So to say it's a steal, this is going to go down as Dan one of Dan's best deals because I don't know right off the top of my head what Beckham's deal is. I just know that J.J. Hardy will not be re-signed. That option will not be picked up for next year. And you're probably looking at a Tim Beckham, Manny Machado, Chris Davis, Jonathan Scope infield already right off the bat next year with Adam Jones out in center field and probably Trey Mancini, you know, either in left field at this point and Mark Trumbull being your DH or right fielder. You're already looking at a team, whether they make a run to this year or not, Zach, it's already upgraded for next year, whether Dan's here or not. Yeah, and, and it didn't cost them that much to do no, it, right? absolutely not. Beckham was a first overall. Uh, yeah, I thought he was 1-1. In 2008, yeah. um, which is pretty crazy. And, and yeah, they, they didn't sacrifice uh, a whole lot to get him. 
Um, pulling a lot of, of this topic from Dave Cameron's piece on Fangraphs uh, from yesterday, just about whether the Orioles uh, flat out stole uh, Tim Beckham. They did. At, at I mean, he won Player of the Week, let alone one week alone. For no, listen, nothing against Tobias Myers. He might, you know, turn out to be whatever. But I'm just telling you, no matter what, he's come in here. Beckham has not only played great at the plate, from what I've been seeing, because he's playing a lot of West Coast games. I've been up watching. It's actually in the field. He's much better than I thought. Yeah, uh, he's you know slightly above average defender, which I think is you know an improvement. For the Orioles infield at the position, yeah, hot, assuming could, Manny's not in yeah. that position, I should say. Oh God, I got good stories on that too. Go um, ahead. Is is you know uh, Dave Cameron posting in here in August leaderboards that that Beckham leads in FanGraphs mm. WAR in August? He's been above Giancarlo Stanton, who uh, is now now leading the league in home runs. Hey, remember when Homer again Judge tonight? Was by the way, the in home runs. By <laughs> yes, the way, Do you remember yes. that? That was funny. I do. He strikes out a lot. Yeah. Uh, your boy Giancarlo, who you've been all over for years and he's had some injuries plus the whole death with what's going on down there in Miami and you're very close to it can this guy sneak even if Miami doesn't make the playoffs the MVP uh, I'd love to see that uh, I really too. like the guy and, and I, I root always, for him too me and, and Patrick Guthrie have always talked about how fun oh, yeah. it would be for him to play a, a full uninjured season and hopefully we'll you know kind of get to see some more of that so uh, that's been fun, but that's how good Beckham's been. He's he's been a higher uh, win player so far in August than than Stanton has been. He's hit it's unbelievable you know, going in the last night, hitting a 500 with a 517 on base percentage and and an 897 slugging. And of course, as uh, as you know, Dave points out in this piece. Uh, a lot of that is with a, a crazy high batting average on balls in play, and nobody hits 500 ever. All all of the things that you got to say, yeah, it's going to come down. But um, for a, a player that's very controllable, uh, yes. that that is an improvement on defense. That's a long term solution. That's also you know brought this energy to the team that that's making a push this year. It makes the Orioles kind of go from a, a team that at the deadline we were saying. Oh geez, here come the dark years again. Too ah, maybe they got a couple more years that that they could be okay. Absolutely. You know? yeah. um, Suddenly, suddenly it doesn't feel so dire anymore, and and everybody I think was kind of going from the well, they they got to get rid of Manny because they got to start start planning a rebuild. To well, why don't they try to rebuild around Manny and Scope and and this guy Beckham, right? And and figure out the pitching. And remember too, when I say figure out the pitching, and I I've been. You know the biggest critic of the Orioles starting pitching since you and I have been podcasting you know, for years and years. The Orioles were, you know, the the best team uh, in in the AL East. Won the AL East in 2014 with an average starting rotation. Right. The thing that I continue to tell people when I talk about the Orioles is that they can be an exceptional team, a really good team, a a division winning team with a rotation that the standard has to be. Not in the lower third in the league, right? I'm not even talking about a good rotation. I'm talking about one that's not the worst in the league, you know? Um, so that's not too much to ask for. Uh, and when you continue to build the offense up with moves like this, it, it makes it that much more feasible that they can compete this year uh, and for, you know, at least next year. Well, that's why I thought that it's not crazy in general that if this year didn't, because you you wrote an article for Masson, um, probably about over a month ago, basically 
kind of close to the trade deadline just stand pat. And yeah. in a way, the Orioles kind of standed, stood pat, but they added Beckham, who's been a huge jolt for them. And, and honestly, I have to say, Helixson's been pretty damn good, too. I mean, like, it's sure. not like it's, you know what I mean? Like, he hasn't been amazing, but Beckham has. And so right. two deals that a lot of people, including myself, said, this isn't, what are we doing here? Are we moving stuff? Now we're adding stuff. Like, what's the... What exactly are we doing here? And it's kind of been working out. And that's kind of a, a, a credit to two people. There's credit to Dan, obviously, making those deals and actually turning down a potential deal for Britain. I don't think Britain has been any godsend since he's still here. But I agree with you. I think it's helped the team realize that we're still in this because that is a psychological, you know, F if you want to if you want to be naughty. Um <laughs> It really is to the team if you just if you trade your closer, right? Because right. Brit, we know Brock is in a position right now where I think a lot of things going on in his head. I think Givens could be the closer and should be the closer going forward if you move Zach. But if you keep Zach at this point, doesn't it kind of scream that you're going to probably keep Zach next year because the leverage isn't going to be there? Well, like, I, I, mean, think, I think not trading Britain means that, that really they they have to respond by keeping him like uh, it's you know locking him up i, I think that's that's yeah. the move that that has to be made at this point you're saying you've got to lock up britain uh, well I, I how much longer is he under control i, oh, I he's think in 18 he's down he's done after 18 yeah, just like I, everybody else I mean, well maybe you go another year and and see where you're at another year but i think not dealing him this year uh, means that that they're committed. I, I do. I think his value is never going to be higher than it was yep, at that deadline. I agree. I agree. And I know the deal that was offered to the Orioles, and, and the Orioles turned it down. Whether you think it's Mr. Angelos, whether you think Dan didn't answer the phone, whether you just think that it just didn't you know go what? through. Here's the thing, and you can criticize the Orioles for that all you want. It sounds like the Astros were the. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying everybody. Um, yeah. It sounded like the Astros were that team. I mean, the Astros mm-hmm. freaking dropped the ball, okay? Yep. Uh, the the Astros are, are very much in position, and they're a really good team, but so too were the Dodgers, and the Dodgers decided, uh, you know what, we're the best team in baseball, but we're still going to go out and make these huge moves yep. to be even better come October. And the Astros said, uh, we're the best team in the American League, but we're not really willing to spend anything to make ourselves any better. Which was so weird. We'll see how it goes. Maybe, you know, maybe the, the Astros were the smarter of the two. I tend to think that the Dodgers were at the deadline. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would be more upset if I were an Astros fan about that deal not happening than I am as an Oriole fan about that deal not happening. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think the Astros dropped the ball because it was a late, I will say this from what I, what I gather, the Astros offered it right at the deadline, basically saying, yeah, we'll do this. And whether again, whether it was a no phone call being answered, whether uh, Mr. Angelos, I, I don't think he was actually involved in it as much as people say. I just think that it was one of those deals where the Orioles just said, nah, you waited too long almost, and we don't, we'll hold this guy. That's fine. I mean, some of those guys that came back in that deal that could have been great for the Orioles is great, but I think I, I completely agree with you. I think the Astros were showing who the Astros were years ago as opposed to the Dodgers who were, we're going to win the World Series this year. And I'm not sure the Astros have that mentality because the deals that they made – to me, feels like minor tweaks here and there. Not like they're ready, right? Right. Like for some reason, it seemed like the Astros were like, ah, "Well, we probably could win the World Series this year, but we have all these prospects. We have all these guys. Maybe we wait one more year. Let's not blow this up now." As opposed to the Dodgers, who have been to the uh, the NLCS, who have been to, you know, this way. Plus, just this heritage franchise that's dying to get to a World Series. 
I think they went out and, and put their chips to the center more than anybody else. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in October. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Getting back to Beckham, I think Beckham, I've always liked him. I'm not saying that, you know, who cares what I like. I just have always liked him as a player. He seems to rake against the Orioles. I never understood why it never worked out. It's really hard to be the one-one guy, but sometimes Zach, it takes a little bit, a change of scenery, Zach, yeah, totally does. and a, and, a, and a clubhouse where he seems. By the way, I, I was I was on the West Coast when it was happening, but I was watching, as you know. He seemed to be integrated with that team like I've never seen another guy come over yeah. and get with guys, right? Like, yep. the, I mean, the handshakes were there. I mean, I know that's not a big deal to people, but everything was there. It was almost like he knew these boys. He was side, like, and the the quote that I loved that he said was, "It's nice to play in front of a bunch of fans." Yeah, and, yep. and I'm paraphrasing, but I mean, did you see that quote right after a couple games? Yeah. Like, in you know, I know it's a shot against Tampa Bay, and you've been to Tampa Bay, and you you say it's not as bad as people say, but it's a different environment when you're playing Camden. Totally is. Absolutely is, and and you know, going from one team who's competing to another team who's competing, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, one that that is is got the support of the fan base. I think uh, makes a really oh, yeah. big difference. So it's a huge difference. Um, good stuff. Well, this yeah. is fun, Jeb. It's it's fun to do this. We should do this again. What do you say? <laughs> should do this more often. And can I can I give a shout out to our boy Patrick Guthrie, who yeah. is. He is like the hot chick in the corner that we keep like saying, ah, maybe a little bit later, maybe tomorrow, maybe. Patrick, we're not leading you on. We want you. <laughs> yeah. But we're just, you know, the way it is with schedules and everything, we're, we're going to get it together. But this guy, our boy Patrick, is dying. And I want to talk to him about the fact that the Cornhole Championships were on ESPN2. And finally, <laughs> for once in my life, I can tell Miss Burns that it does matter. <laughs> Me and Patrick are down to play against some people in that. Did you see oh, the pregnant chick just throwing dumb darts? I oh can't God, say I watched a second of the Cornhole Championship. <laughs> so good. Oh, I was I'm the Cornhole Champion at uh, Mission Beach. By the way, 39-4 and four was my record in um, at Mission Beach. Just throwing that Wow. So wow. I put that on my Twitter as a nobody cares, but just to let you know, if you want to play your boy, bring, bring your game. <laughs> All right. It's all safe. Chris Robinson, I'm looking right at you, brother. <laughs> sounds, oh, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Oh, I love it. Well, we should do another one of those when you weren't stressed out. We did that one, the Green Turtle. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's the DeLorean yeah. right there for, for is, even the P1s out there. That is a good throwback, by the it way. Is. I'm looking at you, G Money. I'm looking <laughs> at you. Uh, all right, sir. Hey, uh, where where can folks find you, Jab? Oh, my God. Uh, at Jabby Burns, screaming at people on Twitter. Uh, we also have a new show, The Fat Cave. If you're into gambling, which uh, most people that are anybody that likes my type of, um, you know, my cut of the of your jib or chew the same beard as I. Uh, uh, guy Skippy's out in Colorado. He's a D.C. guy, but he's really... He's really good. He's got great content. And somehow I've become the producer, which is why the audio is so terrible, which I hit Zach up every 15 minutes for questions and why I bought a Chromebook. Um, but it, it's a good show. And if, and if you want to listen, um, you'll be able to find it on iTunes soon or you'll be able to get it on my Twitter at Jabby Burns or you can follow the fat cave underscore um, on Twitter, too. That's another you know, as we get into football. He does college football stuff. It's going to be 30 minutes. It's kind of just a way to kind of get it out there. And it's less of me and more of Skippy. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, definitely check that out. And we got all the other stuff too. I wanted to just throw that out there too. We have a lot of stuff on the um, the network too. Obviously, Bird's Eye View is the legendary podcast, and just all the stuff. The what the puck. I mean, we got flipping 
I, mean, I know football's right around the corner, but hockey's right around the, the corner. The so. call hooking us up with some football. Oh, uh, some Ravens content. oh so we haven't even talked Ravens yet. I know you're excited. You're chomping at the bit. I can't Ravens. wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Joe Flacco might play week one. Uh, There's your hot take. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. We're very open in, uh, about discussing injuries, as you know. That are very big on that. Uh, all right, Jabby Burns. Well, it is great talking to you, my friend. You too, pal. For Jab, I am Zach. Thank you for listening to Baltimore Sports today. Enjoy your Wednesday, and we will talk to you again soon. 